2: Well, hey there, friends. Since we're going to miss each other this fourth, I'd like to wish everyone a happy and safe Independence Day. On this day, 246 years ago, we adopted the Declaration of Independence in which the colonists told Great Britain and old King George to go fuck themselves. Leave the English muffins and hit the bricks. Right, Chester? That's right, old buddy. There's American alligators, Then there's all American alligators, and there's no mistaking Chester here. Come on in, friends, and let's get ourselves situated. Mm. Oh yeah. I will say, however, that personally I have a great liking for the British. I think they're fantastic people. Hell, I love everybody. Let's all hold hands and fuck ourselves together. You know, something like 15,000 people ended up in the ER from firework injuries last year. This year, let's focus on a little self-preservation, alright? Hey, I know it's funny and all to stick a lit sparkler in your girlfriend's cleavage, but unless her fake eyelashes are made of asbestos, you're just asking for trouble. Believe me, I know. All right, smoke them if you've got them, and drink those glasses to the bottom, because old Drew Blood has a tale to tell. But first, the rigamarole. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and all our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today. You'll get instant access to the whole enchilada including hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012. Thank you for your support. Got a story or two you'd like to hear on this show? Send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, we'll do business. Tonight we're joined by Corey Adrian, cable guy by day, creepypasta man by night. And you can imagine in a business like that, You are fit to get some strange calls from time to time. So, without further delay, I give you, from author Corey Adrian, Static. I'm a cable
3: technician at a pretty well-known cable company. I'll leave it up to your imagination as to what company in particular. But anyway, it's a good job. Decent pay, decent hours. Plus, you get to meet some pretty interesting people. I live in a smaller city called Springfield, Ohio. Being in the cable industry, you run into many things going in and out of many different houses on a daily basis. People who could care less to ever clean their homes. Hoarders. Animals by the dozens. You name it, I've probably seen it. However... The reason that I'm writing this is because there was one call in particular that was uh, strange, to say the least. Now, I know there are many skeptics out there that may not believe the following story, but trust me, this happened. I'm looking for answers to this day. So, without further ado, here's my story. The day started as any other, waking up, getting into my uniform, and letting the dogs outside before leaving. Grabbing my tools and meter on the way out the door to greet another glorious day. I placed my tools into my company work van, fired it up, and headed out to start my route. I had several jobs on my list that were pretty simple, some inside wiring repair, and some customer education calls. No big deal really, about 30 minute jobs, in and out, pretty easy. Then I received a job that was a little further out of the city limits than usual. About 45 minutes away to be more precise. I remember thinking, oh great, way out in the boonies and it's a trouble call with no notes on the work order. This could literally be anything. I started my drive headed northeast out of town. Nice sunny day in May and about 70 degrees outside. Perfect weather for a cable guy, anyways. I had my cooler next to me and the passenger seat filled to the brim with snacks and cold bottles of water for my day. The drive was actually pretty pleasant. Saw some beautiful scenery and a few babbling creeks along the way. Finally approaching the address on my GPS, I noticed that it was a pretty long driveway at least 800 feet or so from the road. Turning onto the long narrow drive with cornfields on each side, the house came into view. The house was a two-story older farmhouse, probably built back in the late 1800s or so. Cobblestone foundation and a dirt turnaround up near the house's entrance. I shifted my van into park and climbed out, retrieving my tools from the rear cargo area. I walked up the three or four steps leading up onto a wraparound porch. I prepared myself to greet the customer, and as soon as I went to knock on the door, the door swung open. Uh, Hello, I'm Henry, your cable technician for today. Oh, hello. Nice to meet you. Boisterously spoken by the short, thin-framed elderly lady standing on the other side of the threshold. Uh, Good afternoon, ma'am. Uh, Would you be willing to tell me a little bit about what's going on today? I said, while looking around at the various antiques that were hung all over the walls.
4: Well, I'll tell you. We have three cable boxes in this house, and two that are on this floor work perfectly fine. But my husband told me several times that the one in the basement is displaying odd images from time to time. I paused. Uh, odd images? My husband told me that he was down there working at his workbench and the program he was watching suddenly went black and there were faint images on the screen. That he couldn't quite make out. Then, all of a sudden, the program returned like nothing had happened.
3: Oh, okay, ma'am. How often does he notice this happening? He said at least two or three times a week, usually later on in the evening. All right. Well, would you mind showing me the box? Well,
4: sure, but I usually don't go down there because of my arthritis, but if you go down there and turn to the left, you'll see the television down there, and right under it is the box. Be careful now, this is an old house, so the
3: ceiling in the basement is pretty low. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I'll go take a look at it. I ventured down into the darkness of the basement, feeling around on the walls for a light switch and finally getting some light down there. I noticed that as I climbed down the stairs, it was getting cooler and cooler. These older homes with the cobblestone foundations usually were this way, being a mostly dirt floor. The fluorescent lights hummed as I walked to the other side of the basement, locating the television and the box. I set up my meter and hooked it to the cable and took a few measurements. Now on my meter it will display a signature of the downstream signal, and if the signature is fairly straight, then there may not be many problems with the cable line. This particular job, though, the signature was straight until about halfway where there was a deep canyon in the signature, showing that some of the channels are getting lost. I assumed that there was maybe a part in the cable that was chewed by mice or other rodents. Could be a bad bend in the cable, possibly even a bad fitting or a loose connection somewhere. I started tracing the line and it went across the room against the wall and underneath an old wooden door in the opposite side of the room. I attempted to open the door, however, there was a padlock on it. Well then, gonna have to see if she has the key, I said to myself as I made my way back up the steep wooden staircase. Uh, Ma'am, there's a door that I might need open that has a lock on it. You wouldn't happen to have the key for that, would you? Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't
4: realize that you needed in there. Um, one moment, please.
5: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's
1: A-N-G-I dot You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
3: The lady's face paled a little bit when I asked about the keys. And as she turned away, I thought I saw a slight expression of worry in her face. The lady was gone for about five minutes, and I had thought that I had heard a muffled and slightly heated conversation from the opposite side of the house. Here's the key, she said while handing me an old rusty key. My husband usually
4: doesn't go in that room unless absolutely needed. It's so dark and musty in there. Just... Whatever you do, try not to touch much in there. My husband told the original installation technician to just leave him a certain length of cable
3: and that he would run the cable himself through that room. No problem, ma'am. It shouldn't take very long, I said, as I was once again descending the rickety wooden staircase. I walked over to the locked door and unlocked the padlock. It took a few wiggles for the key to work due to non-frequent use. The hinges on the door were pretty loud and stiff. Pulling on the door with a bit of strength, it finally gave way and opened. As I was opening the door, I saw a picture hanging just to the right side of the door. It was a young girl, maybe early teens, smiling happily for the school photo camera with the name Emily on a gold plaque underneath. Finally getting the door all the way open, I took out my flashlight and had my first look inside. Clouds of dust filled the air and slowly settled. At first, my eyes were adjusting to the dim 20-watt bulb hanging about halfway through the room. And at first, I thought I had seen a good number of boxes stacked up on the edges of the room, but slowly realized it was furniture. There was a twin-sized bed with a faded pink bed set, a small chest of drawers, a night table, and a little stand on the other side with another television on it. The television was an older one because it had the turn knobs on the front of the TV, you know, like the TVs that you actually had to get up and walk across the room to change the channel and volume. For a moment, I got lost in the creepiness of the room. Dirt floors and child toys stuffed in an old wooden milk crate. The place looked like it had about 30 plus years of dust on everything. Finally, I came to the realization that I was on a job and needed to get refocused. So I walked to the far right side of the room and kept tracking the cable. The cable ended up being connected to a small A-B switch that sat on top of the television and then another cable coming back out of the switch and continuing to the far back portion of the room, up the wall, in the corner, and finally to the outside demarcation point. That's a fancy word for the place where the cable connects to the main hard line outside of the house. At this point, I was examining the exit hole in which the cable itself went through to make sure there wasn't any scarring or chafing on the cable, when suddenly... I felt this strange static on the back of my neck and arms. The hairs on my arm and neck were standing straight up, and I felt a slight chill go up my spine. Overwhelmed with the sensation, I quickly turned around to find that the television had been switched on, and that white and black fuzzy snow displayed on the screen. Okay, what in the hell is going on here? I walked over to the television and switched it off, figuring that it was probably due to some faulty wiring in the TV itself due to its age. However, when I switched the TV off, I felt the static again, rising up my spine just as before, only it was paired with that feeling that someone else was near and watching. Once again, I turned towards the door, and there in the small doorframe stood a burly, ragged-looking older man. Oh, uh, hello, sir. You must be the husband? He didn't answer, just stood there. After a few seconds, he slowly took a few steps in my direction, and I stood up unsure of the vibe he was giving off.
2: This is my daughter's room. I thought my wife had asked you not to touch anything. It's been a long time since I myself have even been in here.
3: I am terribly sorry, sir. The television turned on and I thought maybe it was faulty wiring. I only turned it back off. I apologize.
2: I said, feeling a little uneasy about the situation. We don't mess with things in here. It's what Emily wants, he explained with somewhat of an emphatic growl.
3: Once again, sir, I truly apologize. I won't touch anything other than this cable here. I was beginning to understand the sentimentality of the request. Of course, after losing someone that you love unconditionally, you want to hold on to as much as you can. But then I thought again about what the man said. It's what Emily wants. Wait, what did he mean by wants, I thought. The word wants implies that she's still here. How could that be possible? The only sign of human presence in there was my fingertips dug into 30-plus years of dust on the television knob. I started to feel a bit more
2: uneasy as the older man started walking towards the twin bed in the corner. "'This is where she wanted to be. You see, she always liked the cold.' She didn't like staying upstairs with us. She needed to be in the dark and cool air. Kept telling us that she couldn't sleep and whatnot. So I set her up down here. She was only 13 at the time. And her mother didn't like it too well with her being in this cool, damp cellar. Yeah... But Emily wouldn't have it any other way. He said that looking
3: around the room with a grim look on his face. Oh, okay, I see. It's all that I could muster up to say. The old man continued.
2: Yeah, and a few months went by down there in the room and she kept complaining about wind or some type of whispering. She wanted a television down here, and that way she could get to sleep on account of the whispering noises. I always talked it up to being wind outside whistling and howling through the night. Yeah. So I set her up with this TV down here, and then we didn't hardly see her for the next several months, except for maybe dinner and bathroom trips. Now, always sitting in a room watching the TV. Sometimes I'd come down and the TV would just be static and no shows on, only to find her sitting cross-legged on the floor in front of the damn thing. So finally I told her, That she ought to get her up out of her room every now and then, you know. Join the family. Yeah.
3: I found myself completely engulfed in the story, forgetting sometimes that I was at work. I turned to the man and his eyes were filling up with tears. So I asked a question that I probably shouldn't have. So uh, where is she then? Emily, I mean. I waited a few seconds for the man to recollect his composure.
2: Then he spoke. Well, a few months passed and we kept seeing less and less of her. Always down in the basement. So finally we had enough of the nonsense and moved her back upstairs with us. She was not happy about that. No, sir. Not at all. Yeah. So I kept catching her going down to that room and turning on this air TV. So I thought, well, enough is enough. I padlocked this air door that way she couldn't get back in there. Yeah. Bought her new things for her room upstairs. Left this room the way it was. Yeah. It wasn't until a few months later that she up and disappeared on us. We looked all around and couldn't find her. After about six weeks of her missing, well, the local law had to give up on the search, but I just knew there was something we wasn't missing. So a couple weeks after that, I brought out our old vacuum down here to tinker with it. And then I noticed an odd smell in this here basement. So I walked around trying to find where it was coming from. And I stopped dead in my tracks when I got close to that door there. Yeah. Some type of black slime was... (laughs) round the top of the door and flies was crawling in and out the holes there. So I went up and got the key and opened the door and that's when I found her, sitting in front of that TV, stone cold dead.
3: I looked at the man, and the dam of tears had finally broken. Tears fell to each side of his face as he recounted the horrible tragedy that took place here. All of a sudden, I felt embarrassed and ashamed, instead of creeped out or uneasy. The pain was evident in the man's face as I turned away from him and looked at the television. Then something caught my eye a dark stain on the dirt floor about four feet away from the TV. It was about a foot or so deep and about two feet wide.
2: Yeah, right there is where she was, where I found my baby girl. I leapt out of that room and ran upstairs to the telephone and dialed 911. "'but I knew it was far too late for that. "'Needed to at least inform the law that she'd been found. "'1982 was a dark year for us. "'Yeah.'
3: "'I stood there, completely frozen and in awe of the man's story. "'I'm so sorry for your loss.' I couldn't even imagine experiencing something like that, let
2: alone live it. Yeah, well, that was about a lifetime ago. 39 years since, to be exact. My wife won't never come down here, either. Keeps making stuff up like her arthritis. But I know she ain't got a lick of arthritis in them hips. Just another excuse. Just can't handle the memory, I suppose. I mean, I can understand that. You know,
3: not wanting to see it or relive the experience, I replied. I then came to the realization that it had been about an hour since I stepped foot into this home. I'm sorry, sir, but I may need to disconnect the A-B switch from this feed line. I feel like maybe that switch has gone
2: bad, I said, trying to get my focus back on my work. Well, I suppose if it needs to be done, then go ahead. But I don't want much else messed with.
3: Yes, sir. Just planned on putting a barrel in this line and straight lining it to your box there. Hmm... ''Okay, I suppose.'' The old man slowly turned and started walking towards the door as I disconnected the A-B switch. The very moment that the cable released itself from the switch, there was an immensely loud static fuzz emanating from the television, as it once again turned on by itself. The man spun around after freezing in his tracks, searching frantically for the source of this horrendously loud noise. I was jolted out of my skin as I dropped the switch and cable hitting the floor in a loud clank. Quickly, the man ran over to where I
2: was and leaned over the television, staring deeply into the screen. Well, that's strange. What in the hell? What? What is it? Uh, these are the same pictures that show up on the other TV. I turned, facing the television, looking
3: to see what the man was seeing. It looked like several figures barely visible, about five or six of them standing in a semicircle. There was also a faint silhouette of something in the middle of the circle. It was pretty hard to make sense of due to the static on the television being so heavy. I decided I was going to check the other television for the images. Quickly moving from this room to the open basement, I rushed to the other television and switched it on. Nothing. Regular programming continued as scheduled on this television. Switching this TV off, I walked back into the small room. Now, this is when the story gets even more strange. I walked into the room only to find it empty. The old man that had been leaning on the old television just moments ago was nowhere to be seen. The crackling image on the television started to clear ever so slightly that I could make out more of the images on the screen. There were in fact now seven silhouettes standing in the semicircle with the same silhouette in the center. What in the hell is going on here? Sir? Sir? Where'd you go? I was yelling for the old man that had been there just moments ago, and just then there seemed to be a slight noise I heard emanating from the television. The closer I listened, The more it started to sound like chanting, I couldn't make out the words, but it almost sounded Gregorian. I watched the images on the television slowly come into more focus. This cannot be possible. What in the hell am I seeing here, I said, looking at the screen intently. The old man was now on the screen. Standing with a dark cloak, chanting along with the others in this ancient Gregorian dialect. This has to be some kind of joke, I thought, as I watched a group of chanters slowly envelop the mass in the center. One of the beings reached out its hand to the mass and pulled up something. The image became a bit brighter, and what I saw, I will never forget. Lumped there in the center of that circle was a lady who looked familiar. She looked pale and worn, easily a lady of her mid-fifties. As the being pulled her face towards the light, my mind flashed back to the picture on the wall outside of that rickety door. Emily, I thought. As soon as I had realized what I was seeing on this television, I grabbed my tools and high-tailed it out of the basement. Upon reaching the top of the steps, I was met with a younger woman standing in the kitchen. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I I was just...
4: Let me guess. Fixing Emily's television? The woman
3: interrupted. Well, yes, ma'am. I I just needed to get some fresh air. I'm just going to step outside for a few minutes. Wait! She yelled to get my attention before walking out of the door. Did my mother call you out here? As I turned around, I saw the old lady sitting in a rocking chair and humming an old hymn. She didn't so much as make eye contact with me at this time. Yes, ma'am, she did. I received a call this morning. Said there was a television having issues in the basement. I responded. What all did she tell you? The lady asked. Well, ma'am, she told me she didn't know much about the issues. But she told me that her husband is always complaining about the signal down there.
4: My name is Bridget, sir. I'm so sorry for this, but... Her husband, my father, has been dead for about ten years now.
3: She told me with a sorrowful look on her face. Oh, wait, what? How? I just saw him down there. I heard her talking to him in the other room. But what are you saying? I was frantically searching for explanations.
4: What do you mean you saw him? Uh, sir, I'm just going to let you in on something. You see my mother and... She has dementia, at 74 years of age, and can barely recall her breakfast in the mornings. And that door down there? Yeah, she doesn't go near it, because she can't walk up and down the stairs. There's a reason that there is a padlock on the door. No one is to come in or out of that room.
3: In or out,
4: ma'am? In or out. That door has been sealed since 1982. No one went in there but Daddy. He started to go crazy with the black mold spores down there. And the police ended up telling us that he was the one who had killed my sister Emily in a hysteria fit. They called it a temporary case of psychosis. He suffocated her down in that room after catching her in there once after locking the door. That's why no one has been down there since.
3: Well, the door needs to be padlocked again. I just got out of there and needed the air, so I— You left it open? Bridget yelled. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that I was done here yet, I retorted. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I turned slowly to look at the old lady, and she was smiling at me. Did you fix it? the old lady asked. Oh, yes ma'am, it's fixed. The younger woman then walked over to me and told me that I didn't need to do any further work.
4: I'm sorry for your trouble, sir. Please leave for your safety. Have a good rest of your day,
3: Bridget said. Yes, ma'am. You too. I turned back towards the door, and just before closing it all the way, I heard Anne speak to Bridget. Would you like to go watch some television downstairs? The door latch clicked, and I was once again drowned in the noise of wind and birds. I walked away from the home only looking back once. I jumped back into my van and started to drive off. I finished my day out and a couple of hours later, I found myself sitting down on my couch relaxing with a nice cold beer in my hand. Well, I guess I'll turn the TV on. Hope there's something good on one of these stations. I turned on the TV and a chill ran up my spine. Static. Just
2: static. Audible hopes you enjoyed this- Wait, wait, wait. No, sorry. You've been listening to Static by Corey Adrian a reminder that some doors are locked for a good reason. Also reminds me of that subscription only channel they had when we were kids. Remember that? If you'd stare long enough, and sometimes it would take hours, you'd see a boob in perfect technicolor. And that's when you became a man. A little about the author. Cory Adrian works by day as a cable technician. When he's not putting creative ideas to paper, he enjoys restoring antique radios woodworking, and all things creepy pasta. He has a beautiful wife and a daughter and a stepson. You can find him on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cory.adrian.3, the number three. Go ahead and hit him up. I'll bet he knows how to get that funny channel for free. Maybe he'll climb that pole for you and hook you up please remember to stop by our Apple podcast page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and subscribe. The charts are based on subscriptions, not listens, by the way. So feel free to accidentally subscribe as many times as you want. I won't tell anyone, I promise. And if you feel like spreading the word and helping old Drew Blood out and convincing a friend or two to subscribe to my podcast, that would help me out greatly, and I'd really appreciate it. To hear a premium, ad-free edition of tonight's and all our other podcast episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the upper menu. You'll find yourself at Nights.com, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012 including past episodes of this program and all our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook and Instagram, and sometimes Twitter. Sometimes. And remember, we're accepting submissions. If you've got a story or two you'd like to be featured on this show, send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, you'll get the full treatment. Well, I'm afraid this is where we part ways. At least till next week. So grab a drink for the road, friend. But please, get it all out of your system before the 4th, will you? I need you all back here next week with all your limbs intact. I'd like to recognize a few more of our YouTube crew. MC, AS, and Jamie Broyles. Thanks very much for your comments and support. So, MC, AS, and Jamie Broyles. May the wind be at your back. May the road rise up to meet you. Keep an eye on those inalienable rights of yours, friends. Not least of which to go fuck yourselves. Oh, and for anyone out there who's wondering, I can change my voice to do anything I want it to do. So stop doubting me. If I want to go as low as Sam Elliott, I can. If I want to sound like Pee Wee Herman in a playhouse, I can do that too, so have a little more faith in Drew Blood, will you? (laughs) Good night, y'all.